Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus. It is Thursday, January 5th, 2023. It is our week 18 rankings show. All four of us here today, Field, Stefania, Mike, and myself, Daniel Dopp. We're here to talk about week 18 rankings. We're going to talk about some football, the way we're closing out the football season. Uh, but to be honest, it is tough not to start the show without acknowledging and talking about what happened in the Bills-Bengals game to DeMar Hamlin. This last week, if you were listening or watching, I'm sure that you were there uh, with us as... Everybody that watched that game was just left feeling awful, gutted, speechless, mm-hmm. like not knowing how to respond as you watch someone continue to fight for their life now a few days later. Um, the emotions of all of it we have been talking about and feeling all week. I know that it is not just us. Uh, everybody has been feeling the ups and downs and how to proceed and how to move forward and what to do from, from there. The one thing I would love to say because we've talked about this and we've been thinking about it so much, Stefania, I would love to be able to focus on the positive and how awesome of a job the first responders did in order to be able to help Damar Hamlin even be alive today. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. I think um, obviously all of our thoughts are with Damar Hamlin and his family and, and wishing him the best in his continued recovery. Um, and there are some encouraging signs uh, as of right now. So we will have more information later um, from Adam Schefter in the podcast, some updates. But I do want to acknowledge the first responders because um, I, I don't know if everybody recognizes the level of preparation that goes into every NFL game day. And in addition to the EAP, Emergency Action Plan, which is something that is developed and submitted to the NFL and the NFLPA jointly, um, for each club, and it outlines all the roles and the protocols and everything that should happen in the event of any sort of uh, emergency. In addition to that, there's what they call a 60-minute medical meeting that happens 60 minutes before kickoff. That's why it's got that name. And everyone gathers who's a member of the medical personnel, both from the club, uh, the uh, game day personnel, meeting like the paramedics and folks who are there just for that day. And the independent personnel, such as the uh, unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants. And then the referees are there as well. And during that meeting, there are a number of things that happen, uh, including uh, everybody introducing themselves to one another, the referees acknowledging where the line of communications will be, uh, reviewing the exit procedures from the stadium, uh, reviewing how and when uh, the ambulance would be brought to the field, things such as that. And I think one of the interesting things I learned last night on a call with the NFL from Dr. Jim Ellis, who is the director of emergency preparedness for the NFL, is that they took a lesson from what happened during the Euros with Christian Erickson, who you may remember went into sudden cardiac arrest. And Dr. Ellis was over at Wembley Stadium because the league plays games at Wembley Stadium. So he happened to be there visiting and had a chance to talk with the personnel who were involved in Christian Erickson's situation. And one of the things that he came back with, he said, you know, we, we, we do this. We, we identify how a, um, a, an emergency due to cardiac arrest would go. But he wanted to make it crystal clear that everybody would be able to immediately acknowledge who would be the leader. So during that 60-minute medical meeting, uh, and he sent a memo out to all the clubs that said during the 60-minute medical meeting, We need to clearly designate a code leader, somebody who would take charge in that moment of a cardiac arrest. And that can be the difference in seconds or minutes and making sure that it's an efficient operation to get all the personnel out to the field and uh, do what they do. And so I think think it's important to acknowledge all the work and preparedness that go into something you hope you never have to use and that you never have to see. But when they did see it on Monday night, everything went according to plan and gave Damar Hamlin the best Mm -hmm. opportunity for recovery. Absolutely. And that's what it's really all about. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for is being able to have him get back on the field and have him have a recovery and, uh, 
I don't know what else you really say there. Yeah, here's it out. I'll, Mike, do you want to add anything here? Or you? No, I, I mean, I agree. Stefan, you said it well. So obviously we've been thinking about him for the last couple of days, and that's not going to change for quite a while. Yeah, just a couple of quick empty the notebook thoughts. Is first mm-hmm. of all, we hope that when you are here for the next 55 or so minutes, that this can be an outlet. What it does not do is take away from the very real circumstances that DeMar Hamlet at this very moment and his family and all those who care and love him are dealing with. Yep. Uh, People are still waiting for an update minute by minute from DeMar Hamlin's family, and we continue to hope for the very best. What we're doing here is not trying to minimize the importance of that, but we're trying to be a distraction if such a thing exists for people. Um, While I have not dealt with on a personal level something as grave and tragic as what DeMar Hamlin and his family are dealing with right now, there have been hard times in all of our lives, and I have found that Things like sports and fantasy football can be a very useful and prominent athlete outlet for just getting away, um, even if it's temporary. And that's exactly what this is right now, just a temporary distraction. Um, we probably care too much about fantasy football on this podcast. I can tell you that at this time last week, I was agonizing over lineup decisions and deciding whether I should start this wide receiver or that. <clears throat> And wondering if I lost a fantasy championship, what it said about me as an analyst, what it said about me as somebody who is in this seat every single day. And unfortunately, on Monday night, I think I had that moment of reckoning where it's like, we do this because we love it. And every person who plays fantasy football would love to win every single league. It's fun. You're humans. We are competitive by nature. But I think what we were reminded of is that it's inconsequential in the grand scheme. So much more in life matters a whole lot more than how many fantasy points you're projected to win by or how many points your wide receiver scored on a given Sunday, Thursday, Monday, Saturday, whatever day of the week the game is played upon. But it brought me back to what the real essence of fantasy football is, and that's community, and that is what I think we have seen shine through. Mm -hmm. If there is a silver lining to this, it's come in the form of countless tributes paid to DeMar Hamlin, over $7 million raised for his Toy Drive, which had an initial goal during his time at college of $2,500. We're now seeing individuals reach that number 10 times over. Jim Mersey of the Colts, $25,003 as an example. By the way, everybody who donated, whether it was a dollar or $25,000, deserves an immense amount of credit. So um, you mentioned, Daniel, how we're trying to find silver linings or positives, perhaps the power of community, which I really do believe is the essence of fantasy football. We play in groups of our high school friends, groups of our college friends, work colleagues, people that play in fantasy football together, people that are from the state of Michigan, people that are from, you know, went to college with Mike or whatever the circumstances might be, medical professionals who know Stefania. That's what this is all about. I have 10 leagues this year, and each of them represents a different circle of my life. And hopefully the community aspect of what we have seen from the NFL over the past now three and a half days um, can serve as a reminder that while what happened on Monday night was unspeakably tragic, uh, there is a strength in the community of the football world that extends to the fantasy football world. And hopefully those who are out there listening today feel a part of that and can do their best to continue to lift up that community spirit. I think we've well seen yeah. a lot of humanity from the, from the community from that. And I think that's really awesome. Uh, even within the own leagues that we're in, a lot of times you're in a situation now where you're maybe trying to figure out what do you do? And, uh, you know, the humanity between people and understanding that if you have questions about your leagues, we do have an article up on the site is what we're doing with the uh, Bills and Bengals game that you can go as a commissioner or a league if you're trying to figure out how to be able to make things uh, happen there. Go check that out. They will be far more. uh, It's everybody's decision. You can decide to do whatever you want to do with your scoring. ESPN, it's on ESPN.com right now. If you want to lay out how the app, which is a machine, it's not a human, will tabulate scoring. For your fantasy championships, whether they conclude in week 17 or week 18. It's your decision. I think, again, to be to the extent that it matters, I'm not sure it really does matter what you decide to do with your fantasy championship. If it helps you at all, here's my only recommendation. And I understand that uh, the earnings from fantasy football can mean different things to different people. It can be the diff- it could be used for very important personal gain. Um, but what leagues that I have been in have decided to do, and I thought this was um, a thoughtful way of going about it, is Whatever the amount of money, whether it's for a dollar, whether it's for nothing, whether it's for $100 a person to buy in, 
if you would consider donating that to DeMar Hamlin's toy drive, I think it would be a way to uh, go a long way, a small gesture that would go a long way. So that's my only suggestion. You obviously don't have to follow it. It's your prerogative. It's the money of the league to decide how they want to uh, split it up, spend it, donate it, et cetera. Um, if you need the money, totally get it. And I also understand that. Uh, but I thought it was a small way to maybe um, feel like you are doing some power for good because uh, there are as much as you know, we are the ones that are maneuvering these lineups and all. It's the players that make the difference, right? Yeah. And while Demarham was a defensive player, right? The Bills' defense, special teams, a popular player in fantasy football, and he's part of the NFL community that allows us to play this game that we love endlessly, and have has given us professional livelihood, and hopefully out everybody out there uh, a lot of livelihood in their own right as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh Please join us throughout the rest of the week. Just keep sending our thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, whatever it is that you believe in. Just uh, know that we're doing it too. We're thinking about tomorrow through all of this. And there's no real good transition. There's not. Yeah. So we're just going to do it. We're talking about some news updates. First, Stefania, unfortunately, you are going to be very busy for this week 18 podcast. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of updates that we need. Let's start with Derek Henry. What do you have for us on him? Well, this is good news. Derek Henry, full practice all week this week, um, which is... <laughs> really uh, just a couple of days, right? So Tuesday and Wednesday. But it's important because Derrick Henry sat out last week because of a hip issue. So I think people were wondering, would he be ready by week 18? He said he's ready to go. Had a birthday this week, turned 29. Said he doesn't feel 29. I'm thinking I wish I felt 29. (laughs) But apparently Derrick Henry, very very eager to play, ready to go. Well, at least you look 29, Stephanie, and that's what matters. All right, let's talk about Jalen Hurts now. Fantasy managers have been wondering, Two weeks. When am I going to be able to get this guy back and into my fantasy lineup? Is it possible he will play here in week 18? Well, listed is limited on Wednesday, but really they're doing a walkthrough at practice, so it's hard to gauge too much by that. Nick Sirianni said he would see where they're at within the next couple of days. I think the team has been very mindful about not wanting to return him too soon from the sternoclavicular joint injury. Uh, but we all know that the Eagles playoff standings are determined by whether they win this game or not. And so uh, Jalen, of course, is pushing to play and, and, and we'll see if he's cleared to do so. But what he's able to do in practice this week uh, will we'll drive that. We'll drive a lot of that. All right. What about the quarterback updates that we have for the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, well, Tua is not going to play um, out with a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater had a finger injury on on top of the maintenance treatment that he gets for the knee, so it will remain to be seen whether he can go. He had a finger dislocation, um, and and a lot of that it really is how how can you function after mm-hmm. something like that? Can you control the ball? Can you protect the ball? All the things you need to do as a quarterback. So, uh, still watching and waiting. So, Skylar Thompson going to be under center there, Field Jates. He took first team reps yesterday in Wednesday's practice, and the team has added Mike Glenn into the practice squad so you could infer the possibility that Skylar Thompson will once again start on Sunday against the Jets a very difficult matchup as the Jets defense has been just exceptional lovely yes they have all right Stefania one more on Tyler Lockett I know that he has a hand injury is he are we going to see him this week well he had the hand injury and he came back and then he had a different injury so I I don't know what we're going to see from Tyler Lockett yet still early you know the west coast Seattle that we're we're not sure yet um whether he's going to be available or not but that was if people were wondering it wasn't the hand that limited him when he came back I believe he got kicked right got Mm -hmm. kicked in the game this past Sunday and so it's like a lower leg slash calf situation right. he's dealing with right now but you never know with those whether it's like you know some contusions are no big deal yeah. they resolve within a couple of days and and he seemed like he it was relatively minor but you watch those over a few days to see uh if they clear as much as yeah. you want them to before you put a player back yeah out. unsurprisingly pete carroll optimistic he has a chance this <laughs> right, week, right? right because right. he is pete Which, carroll and you can always count on that being the case Right. All right. Uh, they, of course, play the Rams on Sunday in a game that the Seahawks must win to preserve any hope of making the playoffs. So, Phil, that's a really good transition because as yeah. we dive into what is going to be a bunch of our Week 18 games, we're not going to cover every single Week 18 game in order to cover all of them. You can go check out Mike Clay's playbook on yeah. ESPN+. Plus. He has a breakdown of every single game there. We took a bunch of them we're going to talk about, but... Week 18 is really tough for championships field because not every team has something to play for. And without putting you on the spot, you are our encyclopedia <laughs> of knowledge. So when yeah. it comes to this, some teams have more to play for than others. And that's going to like really determine fantasy matchups. By the way, there is a caveat that like 
this is difficult even without the situation involving the Bills and the Bengals game, which mm-hmm. as of this conversation, we do not know whether the league will end up playing that Bills and Bengals game. My guess is that if a couple of things take place this weekend, and I won't go into all of those things, it's a lot of tentacles. If all of them take place and the Bills have the one seed and the Chiefs have the two seed and the Bengals have the three seed after week seven, week 18 is over, they'll leave it be. But if not, I will have a conversation. And that is a very tricky situation. Mm. But even without that, it's tricky because as of right now, two teams, two are locked into their seed going into the playoffs as of right now. Like there is nothing that can change whatsoever for those teams. One of them being the New York Giants and the other one being, of course, I'm forgetting this right off the, the top. Bucks. The Bucks are locked oh, the Bucks. Yes, the yeah, Bucks are locked into the four. Thank you. So the Bucks and the Giants are locked into the four and six seed respectively. Every other team, and there are 19 teams still in playoff contention right now for 14 spots, have something to play for. So you've got the possibility that even if, just as an example, the Eagles begin their game with Jalen Hurts, if the Cowboys in some alternate universe fall down 25 points to the Commanders on Sunday, and all of a sudden uh, the Eagles are like, well... The Cowboys are down 25. If they lose, we win our division anyways. And like, there are different scenarios in which teams could play their guys mm-hmm. or not play their guys. The Chargers, as an example, if the Ravens lose to the Bengals earlier on in the day on Sunday, the Chargers would be locked all of a sudden into the five seed in the AFC, which would mean that they would play the winner of the AFC South. So we don't know whether the Chargers are going to play their guys or not. It's a long, complicated way of saying that there are some perils and having a league go all the way until week 18. And there is a possibility that a backup quarterback or running back or tight end is the most important player on your roster this week. There's also a possibility that at 532 on Sunday afternoon, you want to pull some hair out of your head because the guy that you started all of a sudden has been yanked because the team either has nothing to play for or has made a decision that even if we do have something to play for, we are more concerned about keeping our players healthy for the playoffs yeah. than we are improving from the six to the five seed as an example. So I'll be asking you as we go through a bunch of these field, if any of these teams have something more or less yeah, to you play tell for. Me, I'll give you the best I to the best of my knowledge. I'll give you everything. That's and, fair. Uh, the good news what? is, Daniel, the Saturday games, we have a very clear, very clear like indication of what's going to happen. That's right. Before we do that, though, we, I don't think we have the Giants Eagles game on here. Right. So we should probably mention that the Giants yeah. are the most likely team. They're like 14 point underdogs because yep. no one really expects them to play their starters in this game. Maybe we get a couple series of Daniel Jones. Maybe a carrier or two for Saquon Barkley, but if you have any of those guys in your lineup, don't don't. I, I would not start. I mean, you never know. I mean, maybe you never they're yeah. maybe they're out of their mind and Bake Barkley plays into the fourth quarter or something. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't yeah. expect that though. So you'll notice that in our projections yeah. on the site, you won't see Daniel Jones. He's very low. Saquon Barkley's like fifty second yep. <laughs> running yep. back. Like yep. the starting receivers, I would avoid all of them this week. Yep. No and question like I about said, it. Just as a reminder, we are not going to go through every single game. This podcast is not all inclusive of Week 18. So go check out Mike Clay's playbook on ESPN Plus. And with that, let us get into our Saturday games. First one's going to be Chiefs at Raiders with lineup locks, including Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Josh Jacobs, obviously, and Devontae Adams. Stefania, I want to ask you about two of these Raiders in both Jacobs and Adams. What's the updates you have for us? Yeah, it's interesting because both are on the injury report, but the Raiders have not practiced yet this week. So uh, it's, it's hard to really gauge. These are only estimates, but they had Josh Jacobs as limited on Tuesday and then a DNP on Wednesday. And if you saw that, uh, what you should know is that the Wednesday was a personal matter. So if it was reflected that he did not practice, it was because of something personal. Okay. I don't think the hip slash oblique injury he was listed with is going to keep him out. Um, and Devonte Adams was listed with an illness, but upgraded to full. Had they practiced, he would have been a full participant. So Devonte Adams should be all clear for yeah. Saturday. Excellent. Spoke to the media yesterday, usually a pretty good sign. And by the way, just to give you the playoff implications, the Chiefs need to win. If they do, they have a chance at the number one seed. If they do not, they do not have a chance at the number one seed uh, because they lost the head. You know what? Let me just stop there. Because the Bills have played one fewer game, technically the Bills could also be 13. Like, who knows? Here's what we need to tell you. The Chiefs need to win. The Chiefs are playing to win this game on Saturday. You yep. should expect their starters to be out there from start to finish unless this game gets massively out of hand and they will be pulled like any other game. I want to ask you specifically, Field, 
about Jarek McKinnon because he breaks Mike's model <laughs> seemingly does. every single week. He breaks history as well. And how do you not start a guy like Jarek McKinnon with what he's done right now? I'd have a hard time benching Jarek McKinnon given the fact that he is the only running back since 1970 to have a receiving touchdown in five straight games. Mike will probably tell you that's going to eventually yeah. not happen it anymore. Sounds like a regression. <laughs> yes, of course it will be. That being said, the touches are significant enough. He's getting involved in the passing game. He's become an extremely indispensable player of their offense. But if you're wondering why Mike and I are nine spots, nine spots apart, I'm the Aaron Rodgers of this podcast. I believe in the manifestation of, of momentum uh, and good vibes going forward. So I have McKinnon. How's that worked out for block. Deontay Johnson? Uh, Stefania, I don't, I, my, yeah, your, your mic tough. just cut out. I can't hear what you just said. Yeah, that's uh, it's weird how that happened. Um, yeah, you know what? Deontay Johnson, I believe, is just one catch shy of tying the NFL record for most catches without a touchdown in a season. So now I'm rooting for that. Yeah. It's Imagine fun. if you caught score. that and then had a score afterward. Oh my God. You know, he's going to have everything, by the way. He's like, he's going to have four touchdowns on Sunday. And so like the, the record books, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Um, yeah, look, I uh, he has 15 touches in the last two games. That's I mean, you you want to start a running back that's, that's averaging seven, eight touchdowns a game or touches a game. I want to start a running back that's averaging like 1.25 touchdowns a game. Yeah, that's I know, but here's the thing: his first 11 games, he had one touchdown, so he's kind of on oh, the other I end know. of the spectrum. He's going to come back to earth. I know. I mean, this I, is I where know. you and I, I meet in the middle, right? Back. Like you and I meet in the middle here is just like as a as a person who is carrying momentum, a person who has Jarek McKinnon. Like, are you really going to bench Jarek yeah, McKinnon maybe. going to this maybe. week? Maybe you might have better options. I mean, if you're playing yeah. for your championship here in week 18. Maybe you do. And if you do, I, I understand it. I just would be uh, reticent to not play Jarek McKinnon. I'll just say he is one of them guys. If he does not score, he might hurt you pretty bad. Mikko oh, Harvard's I totally get it. Too. I also get a target or two. Yeah. I, it's, it's I, I totally hear everything that Mike <laughs> is saying. I'm trying to put myself in the brain of somebody who has a decision to make on uh -huh. Jarek McKinnon. And I think <laughs> your brain is going to be geared towards just play the guy. How can you not? How can you not? Also, though. Well, yeah, you're right. Okay. If he doesn't score, he's going to crush it. Okay. Very okay. touchdown, okay. like Jamal Williams. Like. Plus, momentum is not is not predictive. It's uh, descriptive. 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 Thank it you. Oh, yeah, I don't know. You, you and I maybe disagree on that. That's an off-season topic. No, yeah. that's, <laughs> not, that's not an off-season topic. I've read on this. I've done uh, the research. Really quickly, Mike, can you predict for me whether or not I should start Darren Waller because he has had low mm -hmm. volume, but also kind of like Jared McKinnon, he has been scoring... Fantasy he points. has found the end zone, playing about half the snaps so far since he's been back from injury, has not gone over five targets in any of those games. So that should scare you a little bit, but has scored in two of three games at 72 yards last week. So trending up a little bit. And also, you know, that doesn't sound great playing half the snaps and not getting over five targets. But I mean, compared to other tight ends, that's, that's not thing. bad. Like, it's, it's OK. So he is. Yep. You know, and, and his role could just continue to evolve. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it to take a step back. So you compare all the options at tight end this week. He's certainly in that top 10 conversation. Last yeah. thing I'll say, and I don't know how, how high he will climb on my rankings once I go through all the adjustments. But if you do have a quarterback that is sketchy to play this weekend, Jared Stidham was tremendous last week. It's yeah. a very, very good matchup against the Chiefs. You figured the Raiders will have to move the football through the air, and teams have been very successful at doing so against Kansas City. So you could do worse than Jared Siddham if you need to stream a quarterback because you have a Daniel Jones or perhaps a player that we're going to talk about in the next game. That's right. Next game is Bucks at Falcons. Lineup blocks for Bucks Falcons include Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Tyler Algier. I think his debut. Every single one of up. these guys, by the way, besides Tyler Algier, has an asterisk as far as I'm concerned. Everyone. Wow. The Bucks are locked yeah. into the four seed. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bowles said yesterday we could see Brady pulled. We could yeah. see Blaine Gabbert. We could see Kyle Trask. Mm -hmm. We could see both of those guys for extended periods. So, uh, again, these are these are the Week 18 trials and tribulations. I would be a little bit nervous about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Heck, oh, and and Leonard Fournette, for that matter. I yeah. just would be. Yeah, by the way, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Just keep an eye on reports. This was written before those comments. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously... You know, very much like if we were talking about the Giants, you could say like Sa Saquon Barkley's a lineup block. But if he's reports are he's not going to play, obviously he's right. not a lineup block. You're not starting him or exactly. really any of the right. backups there. So yeah, uh, 100%. That's very important to point out. And we'll keep an eye on that leading up to the game. And Brady made some comments on his podcast uh, that basically like, you know, we need these. We need these reps. And, yeah. and I understand that because they, they obviously have been just terrible on offense until well, last week. Came from a team where that was, was going to say he that, sounded that like Bill was Belichick the condition, right? right? Yeah. Is that they played and they rarely got pulled? Yeah. So um, we'll see whether the Bucks actually go with their guys. I tend to think though that you've got a forty-five-year-old quarterback. Like these mm -hmm. guys really do not need to be out there for. I 60 could see a halftime switch. That's yeah. sort of what this feels like. And think about all the injuries they've had this season. 
already? Like, could they really like live with themselves if all of a sudden you have like another injury to a key offensive player? I tend to think this is one where I would do my best to stay away, but I understand that options are going to eventually become limited because a lot of teams are like this. Yeah. By the way, Falcons about four, four and a half point favorites right now, yeah. which would not be the case if the market was expecting the Bucks to play all out in this game. So yep. something to keep in mind and probably a signal to your point, to avoid the skill yep. guys. Just, uh, this is a very, we'll have Shefty on later, but a very important Sunday morning for Shefty on Fantasy Football Now. We'll have our customary mm-hmm. three-hour show, and I'm sure we'll ask Shefty about any potential sitters or players. Did I make that word up? Well, I guess sitter, yeah. babysitter. People who will sit versus yeah. people who will play on Sunday. Yeah. From that standpoint, is there a way, I mean, if if Tom Brady or Mike Evans, in what scenario would you use them? Or right now, is there just a suggestion? Well, let's well, I know. Let's I, I would bench him. I was just All saying right. a lot of stats here I could read, but I, don't, I think it's a waste I of think time. Don't do it. Yeah. If they only play 20 snaps, it's, it's useless. They play, I play them. If they don't, if they play, like if, if they're playing, playing, I'll play them. If they are not playing, playing, then I will not. And by them. the way, to be clear, you don't mean active. Like Mike Evans might be active and get a series or two. You yeah. just have to, that's why we need yeah. Adam and we need to get these reports from yeah. so. Jenna or whoever's you know down there. So we'll Yeah, I'm sorry that, that a lot of our analysis today is going to be like that, but but I would hate to tell you, like, I'm playing Mike Evans with confidence. And then next thing you know, he plays eight snaps on Sunday and uh-huh. has one catch for three yards. And you're like, and where's me? Yeah, we are saying the opposite. We expect him to max out probably around eight to 20 snaps. So, yep. Yeah. Avoid. Yeah. All right. Next game we're going to talk is Vikings at Bears. There Lineup blocks go. for this one include Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson. Stefania. Vikings have something to play for, by the way. The Vikings still yeah, have a chance at the number two do. seed in the NFC because San Francisco would have to lose, which even if it's unlikely, the Vikings do have a shot there. It'll help them get that number two seed if Justin Fields is not 100%, Stefania. Right. Where are we at? Why on him? he's not on the lineup blocks because he's already been declared out. Matt Eberflew said that Justin Fields has a strained hip and will not play this week. It'll be Nathan Peterman. Yep, and the Bears, by the way, have a shot at the number one overall pick, which doesn't necessarily interest them in the vein of a quarterback, but the higher the pick, the more valuable it is. You're going to generate a market for that pick. I'm sure if the Bears do get that number one overall pick, they will be a prime trade down ca- uh, target. Um, the only slippery slope here for the Vikings. I did mention how they have something to play for. Is this game early or is this game late? I believe this game is early. And I think what that does is it ensures that Minnesota would have to play their guys from start to finish because if they were playing concurrently with San Francisco, who's playing Arizona and starting David Blau, if they're playing that game at the same time, okay, I'm sorry, it is early. Yeah, it's so, a yes. yep. Vikings should be motivated to play their guys from start to finish in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to play anybody from the Bears. Mike, if Nathan Peterman or someone is under center, like I understand they have, you know, David Montgomery is there, but I, I'd, I'd rather try and go a different direction if that's who's yeah. leading this offense. I think he'll still maintain that 1A role, but I understand if you want to stay away, uh, especially coming off a game in which he had eight touches last week. That is his fewest since week seven of his rookie season. That's not right. That was a low volume game. I get that. But, uh, you know, under 10 and a half fantasy points in both games since Khalil Hubbard's come back, they could work in some of the young guys. They're clearly just coasting to the end of the season here. So I, it definitely could be one of them games where he takes a little bit of a backseat we have them, you know, just outside our top 20. If you want to throw them in your flex, fine, but there's some risk there. All right, let's talk next game. This one is super exciting, too. Texans <laughs> at Colts. Field, well, do either of these two yeah. teams have... Uh... Yes, they both have something to play for mm-hmm. here. The number one pick in the draft for the Texans and a potentially number three pick in the draft for the Indianapolis Colts, who, of course, will be turning back to uh, Sam Ellinger as the starting quarterback. But um, I, I noticed that the uh, get-in price for this game is $11, cheapest mm-hmm. ticket on the market go? this upcoming week. Um, <laughs> I have like a baseball game. It is. It's uh. crazy. It's like a Pittsburgh Pirates middle of August. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like that is That's tough crazy. right there. But yes, uh, the Texans with a loss would clinch the number one overall pick. If they win and the Vi- and the Bears lose, they get the number two overall pick, which um, this is a tricky one. You know, like I don't think any team will ever go on the record to talk about like wanting to lose. But if you're Houston and if you believe... They're not going to draft a quarterback, right? Yeah, and if That's you're thinking, huge. well, but you're thinking to yourself, you probably do want to, you at least will consider strongly drafting a quarterback this offseason even if the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback, you have to figure the Bears are motivated to find a partner who will trade up to get that quarterback. And, you know, it's it sucks to lose 14 out of 17 games this year for the Texans with one tie. But uh, if the long-term prize is potentially someone like Bryce Young, then it's most likely very well worth it. So um, the Colts, a little bit less obvious. I think they are playing for respectability. Um, Jeff Saturday has made it clear like they're going to play their guys uh, play who's available and healthy but 
uh, yeah, Indianapolis certainly jockeying for draft position as well. More than anything. How do you handle Zach Moss then? Because Zach Moss has had a ton of volume over the last three weeks, but you know, to Field's point and everything they're talking about, it just doesn't feel like there's a whole lot here. Yeah, he's the lead back for a team facing the Texans who cannot stop anything as far as running backs go. So I guess you feel like you could start him as a flex option. He's going to be one of the players that's going to play a big role and should be, uh, you know, they're going to go all out. They're going to try to win. He's going to be involved. I don't think you're going to see him rested at all. They also uh, released Jordan Wilkins and called up Jake Funk this week. So you'll have Deion Jackson. You'll have Zach Moss as the 1A and, and maybe a little Funk mixed in there. But uh, last three weeks, 51 carries and two targets. He's played 65% of the snaps. No touchdowns or nine fantasy points in a game. But again, the Texans most touches yards, touchdowns and fantasy points two running backs this season. So I don't know, maybe Moss is one of them big week 18 stars that has a big hundred yards and a touchdown just because this matchup is one we've taken advantage of all season long. Yeah, that's true. The Texans have been running all season long. Be tough field for me to, to want to trust Michael Pittman here, especially with the way that it's been for him lately. And by lately, I mean, basically the entire season. Well, also with Sam Ellinger, what Mike just talked about is how generous the Texans have been to opposing running backs. They have been equally non-generous or ungenerous to opposing wide receivers because teams are so motivated to run the football on them. But uh, yes, you could probably find a better option than Michael Pittman. That being said, in a week in which so many players have little to play for, if the Colts do plan to play their guys from start to finish, he's still, you know, a flex consideration this week. Yeah, the Texans, I've talked about this before, they've only allowed five touchdowns to wide receivers this season, which is incredible. You would never know that. Very good against that position. Only one receiver this season has hit 20 fantasy fantasy points against them. You know who it was? I think it's probably Michael Pittman. That's Michael Pittman. There you go. It was all the way back in week one. He's got to do it. So maybe there's something there. Wow. Overtime helped that week. Yeah. Uh, That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm going to take a quick drink of water. Do you want to talk to me about your favorite drink? I have uh, Miller Lite right there. I'm going to take a drink of that. From from holiday gatherings and office parties to fireside conversations and football Sundays. Winter means more moments with the coolest people in your life. The best way to maximize those moments? Miller Lite. The great tasting light beer for people who love beer. A new year is a perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. It's Miller time. Over the past few weeks, did you take a sip and look around at your friends and think... Yeah, this was the right call. Yep. I know I did. The dependable flavor of Miller Lite makes every occasion better because you know exactly what you're getting. The perfect beer for beer lovers. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks. Just a great beer for people who like beer. The right balance between taste and lightness means you get to spend more time drinking with your friends and less time thinking about what you're drinking. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com FFF to find delivery options Near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere. They sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know, I really did take a look around. It was recently on Tuesday. We all had a picture of Miller Lite. We were at bowling, mm-hmm. and our producer, David Presley. Yeah, how about this? Bowled a 279. Jeez, is he really? A 279. He's a ringer. That means he missed two pins the entire game. That is ridiculous. 278. Yeah. Sorry, he said 278. That means he missed two pins the entire game, which is unreal. He was on fire. He you was. know, I think that was I think that was because of Miller Lite. I'm we, pretty sure uh, that's why. I think wow. that probably was. You bowled like a 115, and that was also because of Miller Lite. It's like you guys did a separate I had the thing. opposite problem. Yes. My best game was the third one when I started sobering up. I took a was, little break, yeah. finished my game, and then had more Miller Lite. Yep. So Hydro Mike see, is better. Uh, yes. Speaking of like competitive thrilling moments did you guys see the darts the professional darts league match that went viral that a couple days yeah, ago no but i want yeah. to now awesome yeah it was great yeah. i won't spoil it too much more than that's all over the internet up. but I'll check uh, it out. i don't know where they play those matches but i want to go to it that venue like it looked that, awesome it looked awesome. yeah you get yeah. a couple of miller lights in you for that match you'd have a blast yeah you won't even feel it when one of your teammates throws a dart at you probably i was gonna say i'm not i'm not gonna have more i don't think that's you don't actually throw the darts. You watch other people throw oh, okay. the darts. Yeah, like yeah, people that are perfect. good at throwing darts. We that are electric. That. That those those yes. things we yes, can do. We can. Absolutely. All right. Uh, a couple more games here. Panthers at Saints is our next one up. Field, does Panthers at Saints have anything to play for? Nope. Just draft positioning for both of these teams. I think the Panthers, though, when you have a coach who wants to earn the full-time job, probably wants to play hard, and the Saints do not own their first-round pick, so we'll see whether or not they care about that win or not in week 18. Go Panthers. A, yeah. Eagles fan here. There you go. Eagles That's your lineup Saints blocks. Uh, you just saw there, Daniel, Alvin Kamara, and DJ Moore. Just mm-hmm. DJ Moore. That's it. DJ Moore has been fantastic, by the way. Man, Sam I'm so glad. Touchdowns in four or five games with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's, it's awesome. That's a real I mean, thing. It really, it really is. is. It's a, a real thing. Field, I want to ask you about these running backs. Obviously, you have both Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman. Uh, I'm, again, I have both of these running backs outside my top 30. I don't want to start either one of them. If I can this week, do you have one that you would prefer over the other in the deepest of deep leagues if you have a week 18 championship? I've got Foreman a few carries, a few, a few spots ahead of Chuba Hubbard. Um, but you know something, Daniel? I'm not really sure that you can size this one up with too much great certainty. Nope. Foreman, obviously the far superior runner. He's got five games with over 110 rushing yards this season, but Hubbard, the one to get some involvement in the passing game. He played more snaps than Foreman last week. He ran more routes than Foreman last week, but Foreman had the 13 to six touch edge. So uh, I'm glad, you know, there are a lot of things I'm going to miss about the fantasy football season. Obviously it's conversations like this that I'm not going to miss where we kind of go back to the same well every single week and tell you the same thing and also tell you that we're not entirely sure how this is going to shake out. Yep. Yeah, it's a split backfield. There's a third guy, Blackshear, that's mixed in as well a little bit. And yep. the fantasy production has not been in there. It has not been there. You think about Foreman, he's had a lot of games with heavy volume and he's been you know, one catch in his last seven games under 11 and a half fantasy points in five of those games. And Hubbard's been under 13 and three straight. Yeah. Do you feel good about that? There's no upside really no. in this backfield. Nope. Unless it's one, the Lions. It, yeah. Exactly right. That's right. right. That Unless was they're playing game. the Lions yeah. that one week. That, that yeah. was a shocker. So. Uh, Mike, are you starting in season long? I, I'm not looking at anybody here. DFS, there is some maybe some Saints plays that I like, but I'm not looking at anyone really for season long for the rest of the season here in week 18. Not that you feel great about it. I mean, Chris Olave was limited a bit last week at five targets, played 64% of the snaps, under 11 and a half fantasy points in four straight games. More than a check this out, more than 13.1 fantasy points in one of his last eight games. This Crazy. has been trending all the way back two months now, but the fantasy production hasn't been great. That Carolina has been really bad against receivers as of late, so there could be a chance for a big play here or there for one of these Saints receivers. But uh, I mean, I have a lot of a 37, so not a not a great option. I think there's a better option, maybe a tight end, actually, though. At tight end, who would that be, Stefania Bell? Who's the tight end that maybe we would want to look at within the Saints offense? Not the not a quarterback, but a tight end. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Taysom yes. Hill, Taysom perhaps? Hill. Oh, that's right. Taysom yeah. Hill, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's at least an option with the way that he's been getting used in this offense, right, yeah. Mike? I mean, he's been seeing the end zone, and with tight end position being what it is, mm-hmm. he's at, at least consideration. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the year I didn't like him because he wasn't getting enough touches, and that has changed now, yeah. right? He had a career-high 14 carries last week. Also through two passes, also at a target in yeah. that game. And there is no reason to expect that to change this week. He should remain heavily involved for this offense. Touchdown of four straight games. Double-digit fantasy points in four straight. I mean, you're going to take that from your tight end all day yeah. long. So he's definitely an option. We like him more in non-PPR for sure. I'd say he's a lineup block in non-PPR. But in PPR, more of a borderline starter. He's, he's definitely a streaming option. Okay, next game we have is Chargers at Broncos. Lineup locks for Chargers at Broncos, which there is definitely something to play for for the Chargers, correct, Field? There is not. Um, If the Ravens lose to the Bengals earlier in the day, Bengals, of course, favored in that game, and two teams kind of trending in the different different directions right now, then the Chargers will be locked into the five seed. And Brandon Staley has already said that he is aware of the circumstances and will do what's best for his team and be mindful of those circumstances if the Ravens lose. So So that's um, another thing to consider and monitor as we're moving forward. You better be prepared to pivot. Uh, I don't know that they will make these guys inactive, but uh, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they play them a very, very small amount, not to mention the fact that while it is not going to limit him in any way in terms of practice, Justin Herbert's not on the injury report. He's had a left shoulder injury. He was a full participant, but if you ever needed one more iron in the fire to suggest that a player is going to be sat if there's nothing to play for, the fact that your quarterback now has something he's dealing with would certainly qualify as that. Yeah, and we already really don't like him in our rankings as is, right? My ranking yeah, assumes ranking. he's yeah. playing the whole game, and I have him 13th, so yeah. he's tough already matchup. a sit against Denver, and he hasn't been great. Yeah. He has uh, 20 or more fantasy points in one of his last 12 games. Happened to be last week, which was yeah. helpful, right? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. But it's been uh, yeah, that's been great. The fantasy hasn't output hasn't been there. We've talked about it. it's touchdowns. Really, he yep. just has doesn't have a rushing touchdown. Passing touchdowns are disappointing. So. Uh, you're right. There's a lot of reasons to sit Justin Herbert this week. I would not start him. So if Justin Herbert sits and you have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, are you likely sitting Keenan Allen? Because probably like, sitting too. Okay. Yeah. So then if you're sitting both of those guys, is half of a game of football of Austin Eckler probably still sitting as well? Still worth it. Heck, he's the most valuable guy in the offense right now. He's probably sitting too. Now again, I, uh, broken record, but this is week 18 for you. Be prepared for the possibility of all these guys, even if they're active. Showing up on the sidelines with like gym sneakers, right? Well, here's the thing, Mm -hmm. because it's dependent on the prior game. Right. So you have to think about warm-up time and all that. And and so they have to warm up 
you know, if if there's a situation where we don't expect it, but if the Ravens were to win, yeah, then it matters for the Chargers. So they'll I, all be active, I guess. Now that I think, gonna I, I mean, to me, yeah, that's what I, I. That's that's why I say it's not. Li- it's not likely going to be as obvious as like they're going to sit. It will be more of like when you hear him saying you can do what's best for the guys. Okay, you're warmed up. You go. You go through whether it's a series or a quarter or the half, and then that's enough. You yeah. know, I do yeah. think they'll be limited, but yeah. I don't think they'll completely sit. I wouldn't be surprised if they completely sit if the game if the Ravens lose the first uh, lose earlier in the day. I mean, we saw this even with the Jaguars. Like they kept saying we're going to play our guys last week all the mm-hmm. way through, and then they pulled they just Trevor don't have Lawrence. Much time. I mean, between when they'll find out if they lost and oh, yeah, when they would have to play. Oh, you think it's an easy decision, though? Like, if, if, the game, if the first game is over at four and they have 25 minutes to decide, like, I'm sure they kind of have it already mapped out. We're going to make these guys active. Yes. But if the Ravens lose, Chase Daniel takes the first nap. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I think that would, right? And maybe. you probably dress a third quarterback yeah. Yeah. just in case and mm-hmm. just sort of figure it out from there. That would be my guess. Maybe I'm way off there, but I would think that they have two plans in place. And if it... 255 when the inactives are due, the Bengals are already up 21-3, which again seems possible. Yeah. Uh, then I think that the Chargers kind of can start to plan for the Chase Daniel experience. And by the way, Chase is a really solid backup quarterback. Yeah, but just keep in mind, you might have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams in your lineup. They may be active for that game, and then you might have to make a last-second decision and right. pull them out because if, the, of course, the Bengals win, got to pull them out of there. So yeah. uh, More than ever, pay attention to Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised if I I just feel like when they, when a lot of times when teams go through that point, it's rare. It might be one guy that they said, maybe it's Justin Herbert, but a lot of those guys are going to see the field, even if it's not for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Chargers do things differently, but. Let's say you've got Austin Eckler on your team and he does sit, Mike. Are you interested in putting Latavius Murray in that spot instead? I guess so. I mean, if we keep pulling out all these guys who might not play, like a Fournette and maybe Rashad White and maybe uh, Austin Eckler, suddenly Latavius Murray is starting to look a a lot prettier. So last week, uh, shared the backfield, 40 snaps for Murray, 39 for Chase Edmonds. Some game script element to that, but I think you're going to... You know, Murray's in his 30s. They might just take it easy on him here in a meaningless game. So uh, he's borderline top 20. I mean, I guess the big thing here is you have a Chargers team that's really bad against the run, 5.6 yards per carry. That's going up, actually, from last week. That's worse than the NFL, and they might be playing backups. It's an opportunity for these guys to get some some fantasy production. So I do think Murray is a viable fringe RB, too. Yeah. All right. Let's move ahead and talk 49ers at Cardinals as we have a few more games to or get Cardinals through. At Cardinals at the 49ers. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Don't take away our it home field It is in the advantage. Bay Area. That is my fault. Stefania lineup blocks include CMC, George Kittle, and James Conner, in part because this 49ers team absolutely has something to play for. Yep, they sure can. If they win, they are guaranteed at least the number two seed. If they win and Philly loses, then the 49ers would have the number one seed, a first-round bye, and hopefully like advantage throughout the playoffs. Wow. Wow. All right, Stefania, with that then, injuries are a big deal here as we have question marks across the board. Yeah, well, so let's start with Arizona. Uh, Colt McCoy is not going to be the quarterback. It would be David Blau. And uh, Colt McCoy is still dealing with a concussion, so that's who's going to be quarterbacking the Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins will be out for this game. Uh, He has a knee injury, so his season is now over. uh, Marquise Brown will play, according to Cliff Kingsbury. So there is one uh, fantasy player of interest who will play on the 49ers side. Uh, the, and this word gets interesting. It's the question about what will happen with Depot Samuel. So yeah. he had his first full practice after he did a couple limited workouts last week. And Kyle Shanahan had talked about this maybe being the week that we would see Depot back. But I think they're going to still be mindful of the fact that he's coming off mm-hmm. high ankle sprain, MCL sprain and not want to overutilize him or risk him getting hurt. Debo only plays the game one way, as he should, but if they make him active in this game, I just think they're going to be careful with how much work they give him, knowing how important he is in the playoffs, which they know they're in. So even though they're playing for seeding, uh, not worth the risk there um, to uh, to have him play extensively. I think you can do better than Debo Samuel this week because, first of all, we don't know if he's going to be active. And to Stefania's point, like they're going to be extremely smart. He first said yesterday, basically, back. like I'm more concerned about being 100% before I actually play yeah. in a game. I do. I think, though, if you get into Shanahan's philosophy, he's talked openly about, I don't want these guys to be so rusty. Mm. So if he's ready enough to play, they there's there's something to this. I've talked about this before when you go through the exercise of dressing, 
getting ready for a game, pregame warmups, all of that routine, you don't want to be doing that for the first time in a month when you're hitting the playoffs. So I do think there's a, a value to that. But the 49ers have also been burned by players getting injured. So I think that it's a question of how do you balance those two yeah, things. That's really fair. And this team is going to, if, if all things play out the way I think they should, George Kittle should take advantage of this Cardinals defense as tight ends have. And if, if there is no that. Debo Samuel field, Brandon Ayuk becomes another interesting play based on what he did last week against the yeah, the big game, and he continues to look like... I mean, we all know he's a really talented player. Uh, it's just that prior to last week, he hadn't been a top 25 wide receiver in over a mm-hmm. month. Yep. So uh, it's a little bit of a yo-yo player from a results standpoint. Very talented guy. Um, it's a good matchup, though. Brock Purdy has to continue to be very efficient through, what, now four starts for the 49ers? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got him as wide receiver 35, right in line with both Mike and Daniel have him. If you like the certainty of what the 49ers have to play for, that is a reason to play Brandon Ayuk this week, is that you know they need to win on Sunday. They could scoreboard watch, I suppose, late in the game. If the Eagles are up big, they could yank their starters midway through the third or fourth quarter, and you could get a little bit less. But they most likely have something to play for for 60 full minutes. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm with you. All right, last question I have then is the tight end position for the Eagles. Yeah. Trey McBride, the Mike Cardinals, Clay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Trey McBride. This is interesting. The Redbirds, so, not yeah. the uh, we're going to see our rankings here. I moved him up a little bit when we had the quarterback change, right? Because uh, so you see me on the screen. I have tight end seventeen. I'm more like thirteen or twelve now at this point because David Blau is going to be under center. And guess what? He loved him last week, right? He had uh, ten targets, seven catches, seventy yards, and a touchdown. There was. Clearly somewhat of a connection there. He had not cleared six targets, four catches, 55 yards, or scored a touchdown in his career prior to that game. So uh, I bumped him up a little bit. I think the target share will be a little more generous. Initially, I had him down thinking Colt McCoy would be there, and he has dispersed to the slot and to uh, the perimeter a little bit more. Uh, Also, no DeAndre Hopkins in this game, which is going to open up opportunities for uh, McBride and and Hollywood Brown. And Greg Dorch, who... Greg Dorch? Oh, my favorite DFS punt last week and at 3K. And he had 10 targets, and he had like 15 yards. Yep. Four for 15, that's right. Yeah, but Brutal. he beat my long shot in uh, Shefty. So Shefty takes a long shot oh, win. More yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. So you're going to have a bittersweet show this week. That's yeah. right. No, you're getting a belt, but losing, uh, losing. Wow, are you spoiling the news for the masses, Mike? Oh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, people at home, uh, I assume, just, just track our answers. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. Very well, close, spreadsheets, very copious amounts Hopefully of information. Yeah. yeah. Lord. All right, let's talk two more. We got two more games here. Cowboys at Commanders is the next one we have. Lineup blocks for this one include all of the Cowboys, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, and Dalton Schultz. And on paper, this team has plenty to play for. If the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, the Cowboys get the NFC East title. They play earlier than the Eagles, so we will not know the result of Philly's matchup. Stefania, what do we know about Tony Pollard heading into this? Uh, Full practice on Wednesday, so that's good. Uh, It's been, it'll be what, it's a 10-day since their last game they played on Thursday night, yep. right? So okay. he sat out that game with a soft tissue injury, but that's a good sign. First practice, a practice report back, list is full. Okay. Mike, how are you looking at Dak Prescott now here in week 18? He has been up and down, back and forth. What are you doing here? Yeah, such a high-scoring, good offense, but the same as we've said in past week. The fantasy results haven't really been there. Two weekly finishes better than QB8 this season. It's a lot of rushing touchdowns, and there's no reason to think that's going to change. They run the ball near the goal line. It's going to be Pollard and it's going to be Zeke, so he's a fringe starter. Fringe starter, that's it. Yeah, and that might move up or move down based on, again, all the news that we get. So much about what we're saying, and like we're going to talk about this for the DFS show, so much about what we're going to say is just going to change over the next of two course. or three days. That's how it goes. By the way, in. the commander's making a quarterback change. Yeah. Speaking of changes, it'll that's be Sam right. Howell as a starting quarterback this week. Fifth-round pick out of North Carolina. Two seasons ago, looked really sharp as a prospect. Thought he might be a first-round-level consideration. Goes back to school with a lot fewer pieces around. No Diami Brown, no Javante Williams, amongst other players. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the things really changed. He drops to the fifth round. The strength of his game during college was he was a very good vertical thrower, which should fit nicely with both Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson's speed. Um, but... I don't know that I'd feel great about either of these wide receivers this week. I was just going to say that knowing that Sam Howell is going to start against a Cowboys defense for both of those wide receivers. It's got to be a downgrade for me. Well, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys are going to go in motivated to win this one. They have not been good against receivers. That's kind of what you're the positive. They've allowed the most touchdowns to receivers with 21 this season. So there is some appeal there from that perspective. I think McLaurin, I have McLaurin 24th. I have Dotson 34th. So we're talking wide receiver sleeves three slash Flex options, obviously some risk with the quarterback change, but they're going to have to throw it a lot in this game. They'll be out there just 
you know, taking a look at Howell. I mean, really, the thing with Howell is he's not he's not your long term option, but you know, getting a look at a potential backup for next year. So, yep, uh, he's he's obviously going to be motivated to have a good game. Okay, and the last game that we have here, Lions at right. Packers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we know, yeah, Packers this? win and they are in. Obviously, uh, the Lions mm-hmm. would be winner and win and in if the Rams beat the Seahawks earlier in the day. However, Dan Campbell has said. Even if the Seahawks win, we plan to play Green Bay like we have everything on the line. So I am going to treat it as such. Yeah. And it's Dan Campbell, so we fully believe that. I was going to say, he feels like one of the coaches that I sort of trust when he says that in this situation. There was ever a team that you could count on giving it their all, no matter the circumstances. The Detroit Lions are that team. Lineup blocks include Amon Ross, St. Brown, Aaron Jones, and Christian Watson for this game. One of the big question marks is, with all the question marks surrounding the quarterback position, Jared Goff on the road outdoors Lambeau field at basically 9 PM. It's like all the things that you absolutely don't want for Jared Goff, but I still feel like he's at least a streamer here with all the other ups and downs that are going on at the quarterback position this week. I, maybe for that reason, but it's close. I mean, only one quarterback has hit 20 fantasy points against the Packers this season. They've been good in that department. And I love this stat from Kyle here. Look, uh, only one quarterback has hit 20. That okay. was Jalen Hurts in week 12. He had 157 rushing yards. Basically the same kind of quarterback. He ran against. In two seasons with Detroit, Jared Goff has 155 rushing yards. In two crazy. Seasons. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I would not feel great about this uh, for, for Goff. I, I wouldn't want to stream him. He had 137 passing yards the last time they played. That was yeah. his fewest in a game this season. The good news for Jared Goff is that he has not actually turned the ball over since they last played the Packers. He has not thrown a pick, I should say, since week nine. So um, he has been efficient, but I do think there are other options. I actually have Aaron Rodgers ranked ahead of Jared Goff for this week's Oh, yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, By the way, you should point this out. I think a lot of people saw Jair Alexander shut down Justin Jefferson last week. He shadowed him and did a great job. And Jefferson, a a terrible game, obviously. He's going for the single season receiving yardage record. So you know he was super frustrated. He needs like 100 and... Was 173? I think it's like 200. Week. No, I think it's more yeah. than that. No, Whatever. it's not. It's, okay. it's, 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 it's definitely in the hundreds. It's like 170 something. It's in that range. But anyway, uh, he's not going to be on a Monra in this game very much. Right. Slot he, receiver. Yeah. yeah. yeah Monra is usually in the slot. Jair's on the outside. I wouldn't be too worried about that. Okay. So let's really quickly talk about the Lions running backs. As we've been doing all season long, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Good luck. DeAndre Swift looks great. Last week, Jamal Williams got in the end zone. Jamal Williams needs one more he touchdown awesome. to be able to tie mm-hmm. Barry Sandals. Barry Sandals, Barry Sandals. Sing- Let's go. single season rushing touchdown record. In the offseason, he's Barry Sandals. How, here's the thing. <laughs> Jamal Williams, revenge game against the Packers in Is Lambeau to tie Barry oh. Sandals' rushing touchdown record. He's getting in the end zone at least once. You I'm think so? You. Okay. Yeah. He also needs six yards to earn a $250,000 incentive. That'll be nice. That's definitely happening. That one is <laughs> happening. Catches there. Yeah, so you one. think he's good that for at least six place. rushing yards. You heard it here on the podcast. Yeah, but I have Swift ranked ahead of Jamal Williams. We as all well. do, Jamal yeah. Williams was awesome last week. He probably needs to find the end zone in order, in order, to, pay, in order to pay off. When was his last catch, Mike? Jamal Williams? His last catch? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, eight weeks ago. Yeah, sounds like about that. right. Yeah, he might. I think he probably mixed one in there. Somewhere. That's probably about where it is. Yeah, and this Very is not little. to bury the lead, but like seriously, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely worth starting here, regardless of how Aaron Rodgers has been throughout the rest of the yeah. season, only like against I'll, the Lions team. Yeah, the only thing that I will say is that Aaron Rodgers has been in some sweet spots of late. Yes, and exactly. hasn't cashed in. So I get it if you are reticent to play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, QB nine is his best finish this season, which is hard to believe. He hasn't hit twenty points in a game. Yeah, twenty. It's tough. It's a tough one. This is a great matchup. I mean, we have him ranked higher than QB nine. So we're expecting his best fantasy performance of the season. But there's in the everything on the line. Yep. Yeah. If totally. the Detroit Lions shut down the running backs again, then it's just going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're scoring, yeah. they're scoring touchdowns now. <laughs> the they're averaging of, three touchdowns a game. Concern on I'm trying so hard to speak into so, existence, guys. Yeah. So but. sad. Like we said, there are so many more uh, things to be able to get into. Follow everybody on social media throughout the rest of the week to be able to see all the updates and Mike Clay's playbook. I'm sure that that'll change and have updates as we get more information for everything. Yeah, it's not even filed yet. I'll file it tonight, so we'll be updating throughout the day, and it'll be it'll be up there tomorrow morning. By yeah. the way, the Jamal Williams truthers have pushed back three catches in the past two games for Jamal Williams. Oh, wow. Okay. Prior right. to that, right. it hadn't happened since Halloween. It's been more than a happened. minute. All right. All right. Chef D has plenty of updates coming up in a moment, Daniel. But first. But first, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card action, wild card round action, is the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, 
all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10 action. So good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code FFF. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 and free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code FFF minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as is free bets. One early win token issued to opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. We will wrap up our show today by saying hello one more time for the final time this season to our friend Adam Schefter. Happy New Year, Shefty. Happy New Year, Field. How are we doing today? We're doing well. And, of course, this is a fantasy football show, but everybody's hearts and minds are still thinking of DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' safety. Uh, People might be listening to this later on in the day, but what is the latest information that we have? Really encouraging news this morning. The Bills announced through the physicians at the hospital caring for DeMar Hamlin that he's shown quote-unquote, remarkable improvement, that they've seen steady progress neurologically speaking, and that it appears that everything seems to be moving in the direction that they want it to, which is really the best news that we could get at this point in time. And here we are on Thursday as we tape this, roughly 11 a.m. Eastern in the morning, and this happened Monday night. And so there are not these instantaneous updates that become available like a player going for an MRI the next morning and the MRI showing, yes, he did tear his ACL. This takes time and will continue to take time before we can get a full reading on exactly where DeMar Hamlin is. But as of this morning, incredible news, great news. The news that everybody had been hoping for when they're saying that he's made quote-unquote remarkable improvement, That is the best case scenario, all we could ask for and all we could hope for at this point in time. We'll continue to send our best to DeMar and his family and hope for even more good news either later today or whenever that time comes. Certainly has been a trying few days for the entire NFL community. And Shefty, I don't even know how the NFL is supposed to move forward and make decisions on things like the potential resumption of the Bengals and Bills game. Not going to hold you... like. Things can change fast, but as of this conversation right now, what would be your general sense on the possibility of that game eventually being picked up once more and played again? Well, again, we're taping this Monday or Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Let me tell you my educated guess, my educated guess field, they're not going to play that game. That game will never be played. It's like one person said to me this past week, that game has bad mojo, and it's time to move on from that game, and I believe that's what the league is going to wind up doing. So the question becomes, what does the league do? And I think the league is still sifting through all the derivations and scenarios of what it can and can't do. And it's a complicated process, of course. And now that we know that DeMar Hamlin's making remarkable improvement, I think the league is a little bit more comfortable exploring and trying to finalize what is a fair and acceptable scenario in really a scenario that may not be totally fair in the end. But I think where this is at, there's a couple of different ways. Matthew Hasselback came up with an idea that I thought was very creative and innovative. I know the league is aware of it. And it's a situation where basically the number one seed, you, you, you basically call the Bills-Bengals game a tie. Okay. You seed by win percentage. And then you say to the number one seed, you have your choice. You can take the bye in week one or you can take home field advantage in the playoffs. Your choice, one or the other. And then whatever they don't pick, the second seed gets. So I think something along those lines is something that will be considered and will be brought into discussion. And we'll see whether the league adopts something like that or maybe even that specific one. The other one would be this, that the league would consider a scenario where 
the conference championship game if it involved teams that were impacted by the events of Monday night and the seeding in the AFC. If it involved those teams, then it's possible that the league will consider playing the AFC conference championship game on a neutral game site. And so you'd see Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, one of those matchups be played on a neutral site where nobody gets home field advantage. And the winner would come out of that game. I think the two scenarios I presented to you, I don't know how it's going to come in in the end, but I can tell you that those two scenarios are being considered. One of these, I think, is going to be ultimately the one that the league announces and deploys in the next few days before Saturday's games kick off, assuming they do, which it certainly sounds like they're tracking to do. And they'll come up with something that they believe is as fair and equitable as the league can be at a time that just isn't going to be fair. But let's also point out, you know, Kansas City now, if it wins on Saturday, depending on how this all plays out, would have the inside track on home field advantage. And Kansas City lost this year to Buffalo and to Cincinnati. Yeah. So that's another wrinkle in there that I think the league is going to factor into all its conversations and decisions that it makes. But in the end, to summarize, I don't believe that game is going to be replayed. I believe they're going to move past that game. I believe they're going to come up with a scenario here in the next 24, 48, 72 hours that basically is unprecedented to the playoff field, involves changes, and is either based off win percentage, the seeding, or then involves a neutral game site for the conference championship game. Chef, you know, there are so many fascinating thoughts that you just shared right there, Chef. And I think the reality is that no matter what is decided upon, there might be a tiny cross-section of people that root for a particular team that feel as though their team is being jilted in this scenario. doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't matter. we got to figure exactly out right. what we can do to get this football game or get this football playoffs played. And life is unfair. We were reminded of that in the cruelest of ways on Monday night. And teams will figure it out one way or another. And if you have to go play a neutral site game in the conference championship, you're good enough to make it there. You are good enough to win that game, whether you have home field advantage or not. Um, I, again, it feels a little bit glib to ask you about other things that aren't surrounding Demar Hamlin, but just a couple of injury updates here to wrap things up, Shefty, because there are some major, major playoff, or excuse me, yeah. games on Sunday. Uh, let's start with J- Jalen Hurts. We talked about at the beginning of the show. Would your general sense be he's a go on Sunday, given what the stake for Philadelphia? That's exactly right. We said it on Sunday, Field, and we will stand by it now. I think I'd be surprised if Jalen Hurts weren't out there on Sunday. He was a limited participant in practice yesterday. My guess is he's limited again today. My guess is he's probably limited all week, frankly. Uh, If he becomes full at any point, that tells you right then and there he's playing. But I believe with everything that is on the line, with all that Philadelphia wants to accomplish, he'll be out there playing quarterback. Now, I think the Eagles would have preferred that they could do whatever they wanted. And if they wanted to get Jalen Hurts out there for a couple of series, that would have been a preferable scenario that they had the number one seed all locked up by now. But it didn't happen that way the last two weeks. They couldn't close the deal. And so I think they're going to ask Jalen Hurts to close that deal on Sunday for them against the New York Giants. Looking forward to that game. And last one here, Shefty. Uh, The Dolphins obviously have a quarterback situation of their own this week. Do Mm -hmm. you think it's a Skylar Thompson show again on Sunday? Well, it depends whether Teddy Bridgewater can throw or not this week with that dislocated pinky. It certainly sounds challenging. Stefania would be better qualified to answer that than me. She echoed that uh, thought earlier, yeah. Yeah, I, my guess would be, just a guess, that Skylar Thompson will be the quarterback and Mike Glennon will be the backup. Just mm-hmm. a guess. Like you signed Mike Glennon to the practice squad yesterday because you need somebody who's a veteran, who knows what it's like, who can learn quickly. Sure. And so they bring him in with the idea that if Teddy can't get it done this weekend, that Skylar Thompson starts and Mike Lennon serves as the backup. But we'll see how the week unfolds, and we'll see whether Teddy's grip on the football improves. We'll have all this information and so much more on Sunday. Fantasy football now, Shefty. And hopefully by then we are talking about more, more very, very encouraging news uh, for DeMar Hamlin. But we want to thank you for all that you brought to the show this year. It was a blast to have you on each and every Thursday. You made us smarter. We had some fun as well. And uh, we already look forward to doing it again next season. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed the time here every Thursday. Look forward to doing it again next year. Happy New Year to all. 
And let's hope that DeMar Hamlin continues to go in the right direction. Well said, Shefty. We'll talk to you on Sunday. All right, there you have it. So one more talk with Shefty. Always good to have him on the show with some good updates there as well on DeMar Hamlin. Heck yeah. And uh, guys, this concludes it for our regular season shows. Yes, it does. We have DFS coming next. You guys will tape that right after this. And then general plan is we're here once a week during the offseason plus DFS during the playoffs. playoffs, So you'll be getting lots of us, whether it's all four of us, whether it's three out of the four of us, two out of the four, who knows, whether it's guests, maybe it's, I don't even know who. Who knows? But we'll figure, figure it out. out. Yes, we're going to figure it out. That's right. Uh, we, but ne- yeah, that's right. Next Thursday, though, we are back next Thursday for our awards show. Next Thursday, we'll dive into the MVP and the best game of the year and all the things that we have done in previous years and plenty of thank yous to all of you. That's right. And like Field said, CSS DFS coming up next. We'll be going all the way through the Super Bowl. So check that out. And on behalf of everybody, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us all season long, not just here in week 18. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. And if you're with us, we'll still see you next week. Oh, yeah. And come win some money with Mike and I on TSS DFS. Go. Okay, bye. Bye. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us With advice Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a cone, she's your favorite gal. She's to find your best.